for coming to the Preacher Chick Podcast. I'm Stacy, the Preacher Chick, and today is day 233 of reading the Bible together every day this year. Today we are on our second to last day of reading through Chronicles, um, and um, that's pretty exciting because this this will wrap up the Old Testament for us and we'll move into the New Testament and um, even more continue to see how God's plan for redemption was manifest through Jesus. So today we're going to read 2 Chronicles 32 through 34 and also Psalm 79. So let's go. After these faithful deeds, King Sennacherib of Assyria came and entered Judah. He laid siege to the fortified cities and intended to break into them. Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib had come and that he planned war on Jerusalem. So he consulted with his officials and his warriors about stopping up the water of the springs that were outside the city, and they helped him. Many people gathered and stopped up all the springs and the stream that flowed through the land. They said, Why should the kings of Assyria come and find abundant water? Then Hezekiah strengthened his position by rebuilding the entire broken-down wall and heightening the towers and the other outside wall. He repaired the supporting terraces of the city David and of the of the city of David and made an abundance of weapons and shields. He set military commanders over the people and gathered the people in the square of the city gate. Then he encouraged them, saying, Be strong and courageous, don't be afraid or discouraged before the king of Assyria or before the large army that is with him. For there are more with us than with him. He has only human strength But we have the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. So the people relied on the words of King Hezekiah of Judah. After this, while King Sennacherib of Assyria, with all his armed forces, besieged Lachish, he sent his servants to Jerusalem against King Hezekiah and Judah against all those of Judah who were in Jerusalem, saying, This is what King King Sennacherib of Assyria says. What are you relying on that you remain in Jerusalem under siege? Isn't Hezekiah misleading you to give you over to death by famine and thirst when he says, The Lord our God will keep us from the grasp of the king of Assyria? Didn't Hezekiah himself remove his high places and his altars and say to Judah and Jerusalem, You must worship before one altar and you must burn incense on it? Don't you know what I and my fathers have done to all the peoples of the lands? Have any of the national gods of the lands been able to rescue their land from my power? Who among all these gods of these nations that my predecessors completely destroyed, was able to rescue his people from my power, that your God should be able to deliver you from my power. So now, don't let Hezekiah deceive you, and don't let him mislead you like this. Don't believe him, for no God of any nation or kingdom has been able to rescue his people from my power or the power of my fathers. How much less will your God rescue you from my power? His servants said more against the Lord God and against his servant Hezekiah. He also wrote letters to mock the Lord, the God of Israel, saying against him, just like the national gods of the lands that did not rescue their people from my power, so Hezekiah's God will not rescue his people from my power. Then they called out loudly in Hebrew to the people of Jerusalem, who were on the wall, to frighten and discourage them in order that they might capture the city. They spoke against the God of Jerusalem like they had spoken against the gods of the peoples of the earth, which were made by human hands. King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, prayed about this and cried out to heaven. And the Lord sent an angel who annihilated every valiant warrior, leader, and commander in the camp of the king of Assyria. So the king of Assyria returned in disgrace to his land. He went to the temple of his God, and there some of his own children struck him down with the sword. So the Lord saved Hezekiah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem from the power of King Sennacherib of Assyria 
and from the power of all others. He gave them rest on every side. Many were bringing an offering to the Lord to Jerusalem and valuable gifts to the king, to King Hezekiah of Judah, and he was exalted in the eyes of all the nations after that. In those days, Hezekiah became sick to the point of death, so he prayed to the Lord, and he spoke to him and gave him a miraculous sign. However, because his heart was proud, Hezekiah didn't respond according to the benefit that had come to him, so there was wrath on him, Judah, and Jerusalem. Then Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride of his heart, he and, his, he and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so the Lord's wrath didn't come on them during Hezekiah's lifetime. Hezekiah had abundant riches and glory, and he made himself treasuries for silver, gold, precious stones, spices, shields, and every desirable item. He made a warehouses for the harvest of grain, new wine, and fresh oil, and stalls for all kinds of cattle, and pens for flocks. He made cities for himself, and he acquired vast numbers of flocks and herds, for God gave him an abundant for God gave him abundant possessions. The same Hezekiah blocked out blocked the outlet of the water of the upper Gihon and channeled it smoothly downward and westward to the city of David. Hezekiah succeeded in everything he did. When the ambassadors of Babylon's rulers were sent to him to inquire about the miraculous sign that had happened in the land, God left him to test him and discover what was in his heart. As for the rest of the events of Hezekiah's reign and his deeds of faithful love, note that they are written in the visions of the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, and in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. Hezekiah rested with his fathers and was buried on the ascent to the tombs of David's descendants. All Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem paid him honor at his death. His son Manasseh became king in his place. Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king, and he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, imitating the detestable practices of the nations that the Lord had dispossessed before the Israelites. He rebuilt the high places that his father Hezekiah had torn down and reestablished, the altars for the Baals. He made Asherah poles, and he bowed in worship to all the stars in the sky and served them. He built altars in the Lord's temple where the Lord had said, Jerusalem is where my name will remain forever. He built altars to the stars in the sky in both courtyards to the Lord's temple. He passed his sons through the fire in Ben-Hinnom Valley. He practiced witchcraft, divination, and sorcery, and consulted mediums and spiritists. He did a huge amount of evil in the Lord's sight, angering him like the worst. Manasseh set up a carved image of the idol, which he had made in God's temple, that God, spoke, had, that God had spoken about to David and his son Solomon. I will establish my name forever in this temple and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. I will never again remove the feet of, of the Israelites from the land where I stationed your ancestors. If only they will be careful to do all I have commanded them through Moses, all the law, statutes, and judgments. So Manasseh caused Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to stray so that they did worse evil than the nations the Lord had destroyed before the Israelites. The Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they didn't listen. So he brought against them the military commanders of the king of Assyria. They captured Manasseh with hooks, bound him with bronze shackles, and took him to Babylon. When he was in distress, he sought the favor of the Lord his God and earnestly humbled himself before the God of his ancestors. He prayed to him, and the Lord was receptive to his prayer. He granted him request and brought him back to Jerusalem, to his kingdom. So Manasseh came to know that the Lord is God. After this, he built the outer wall of the city of David from west of the Gihon in the valley to the entrance of the fish gate. He brought it around the Ophel, and he heightened it considerably. 
He also placed military commanders in all the fortified cities of Judah. He removed the foreign gods and the idol from the Lord's temple, along with all the altars that he had built on the mountain of the Lord's temple and in Jerusalem, and he threw them outside the city. He built the altar of the Lord and offered fellowship and thank offerings on it. Then he told Judah to serve the Lord, the God of Israel. However, the people still sacrificed at the high places, but only to the Lord their God. The rest of the events of Manasseh's reign, along with his prayer to his God and the words of the seers who spoke to him in the name of the Lord, the God of Israel, are written in the events of Israel's kings. His prayer is his prayer and how God was receptive to his prayer and all his sin and unfaithfulness and the sites where he built high places and set up Asherah poles and carved images before he humbled himself. They are written in the events of Hosea. Manasseh rested with his fathers and he was buried in his own house. His son Ammon became king in his place. Ammon was 22 years old when he became king, and he reigned two years in Jerusalem. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, just as his father Manasseh had done. Ammon sacrificed to all the carved images that his father Manasseh had made, and he served them. But he did not humble himself before the Lord like his father Manasseh humbled himself. Instead, Ammon increased his guilt, so his servants conspired against him and put him to death in his own house. The common people killed all who had conspired against King Ammon, and they made his son Josiah king in his place. Uh, one of my favorites. Um, for those of you who know me and know our family, our oldest son um, contains the name of Josiah and his names. Um, that's his middle name because um, it's one of my favorite um, people to read about in the scriptures was King Josiah. Josiah was eight years old when he became king, eight years old, youngest king, eight years old when he became king and reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. He did what was right in the Lord's sight and walked in the ways of his ancestor David. He did not turn aside to the right or the left. I love this. His predecessors were horribly evil, awful, depraved men. And yet Josiah at just eight years old comes in as king and he walks with the Lord. It says, continuing on, in the eighth year of his reign, so he was 16 years old, while he was still a youth, Josiah began to seek the God of his ancestor David. And in the 12th year, so 18 years old, he began to cleanse Judah and Jerusalem in the, uh, um, I'm sorry, yes, no, 20 years. He was 20 years old. He began to cleanse Judah and Jerusalem of the high places, the Asherah poles, the carved images, and the cast images. Then in his presence at the altars of the Baals were torn down, and he chopped down the shrines that were above them. I mean, he did all of these things, got rid of all of these things that that Israel that did not belong in Israel. And not only did he get rid of them, but he oversaw the destruction of them to make sure that they were actually gone. He shattered the Asherah poles and carved images and cast the images and the cast images crushed them to dust and scattered them over the graves of those who had sacrificed them. I mean, savage. He takes all of these things. He not only destroys them, he crushes them into dust and then scatters them, takes them out to where, you know, Manasseh's tomb is and um, Amon's tomb and all this. And he like just spreads them out, just like covers their, their graves with the dust of these things. He burned the bones of the priests on their altars, so he cleansed Judah and Jerusalem. He did the same in the cities of Manasseh, Ephraim, and Simeon, and as far as Naphtali on their surrounding mountain shrines. He tore down the altars, and he smashed the Asherah poles and the carved images into powder. He chopped down the, all, the, 
all the shrines throughout the land of Israel and returned to Jerusalem. In the eighteenth year of his reign, in order to cleanse the land and the temple, Josiah sent Shaphan, son of Azaliah, along with Masaiah, the governor of the city, and the court historian, Joah, son of Jeho son of Joahaz, to repair the temple of the Lord his God. So they went to the high priest Hilkiah and gave him the silver brought into God's temple. The Levites and the doorkeepers had collected it from Manasseh, Ephraim, and from the entire remnant of Israel, and from all Judah, Benjamin, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. They gave it to those doing the work, those who oversaw the Lord's temple. They gave it to the workmen who were working in the Lord's temple to repair and restore the temple. They gave it to the carpenters and the builders, and also used it to buy quarried stones and timbers for joining and making beams for the buildings that Judah's kings had destroyed. The men were doing the work with integrity. Their overseers were Jahath and Obadiah, Levites from the Morarites and Zechariah and Meshulam for the Kohathites and as supervisors. The Levites were all skilled with musical instruments. They were also over the porters and were supervising all those doing the work task by task. Some of the Levites were secretaries, officers, and gatekeepers. When they brought out the silver that had been deposited in the Lord's temple, the priest Hilkiah found the book of the law of the Lord written by the hand of Moses. Consequently, Hilkiah told the court secretary, Shaphan, I have found the book of the law in the Lord's temple, and he gave it to Shaphan. Shaphan took the book to the king and also reported, Your servants are doing all that was placed in their hands. They have emptied out the silver that was found in the Lord's temple and have given it to the overseers and to those doing the work. Then the court secretary, Shaphan, told the king, the, the priest Hilkiah gave me a book, and Shaphan read from it in the presence of the king. When the king heard the words of the law, he tore his clothes. Then he commanded Hilkiah, now remember, like a tearing of the clothes, it was like a sign of mourning and grief and repentance. Then he commanded Hilkiah, Ahikam son of Japhon, Abdon son of Micah, the court secretary, Shaphan, and the king's servant, Asaiah, go and inquire of the Lord for me, for those remaining in Israel and Judah, concerning the words of the book that was found. For great is the Lord's wrath that is poured out on us, because our ancestors have not kept the word of the Lord in order to do everything written in this book. So Hilkiah and those the king had designated went to the prophetess Huldah, the wife of Shalom, son of Tokath, son of Hasra, keeper of the wardrobe. She lived in Jerusalem in the second district. They spoke with her about this. This is another one of those situations where people want to say that God doesn't use women to lead or speak over men. But <laughs> um, we saw this, we've seen this throughout the Old Testament, but right here you see it in Huldah. And we've read this, um, not in Chronicles, but um, previously, but... Huldah was a prophetess. She was a woman that even the men trusted to speak to the Lord on their behalf and then that God would speak to her and give them a word from him through her to the people. I mean, right here, just all that right there. Okay, let me get back on track here, okay? Um, uh, where was I? Bum, 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 bum. She said to them, this is what the Lord God says of Israel. Say to the man who sent you to me, this is what the Lord says. I'm about to bring disaster on this place and on its inhabitants, fulfilling all the curses written in the book that they read in the presence of the king of Judah, because they have abandoned me and burned incense to other gods so as to anger me with all the works of their hands. My wrath will be poured out on this place and it will not be quenched. Say this to the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord. This is what the Lord God says. The Lord God of Israel says, 
As for the words that you heard, because your heart was tender and you humbled yourselves before God when you heard his words against this place and against its inhabitants, and because you humbled yourself before me and tore your clothes and wept before me, I myself have heard, this is the Lord's declaration, I will indeed gather you to your fathers and play, and you will be gathered to your grave in peace. Your eyes will not see all the disaster that I am bringing on this place and on its inhabitants. Then they reported to the king. So the king sent messengers and gathered all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. The king went up to the Lord's temple with all the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, as well as the priests and Levites, all the people from the oldest to the youngest. He read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant that had been found in the Lord's temple. Then the king stood at his post and made a covenant in the Lord's presence to follow the Lord and to keep his commands, his decrees, and his statutes with all his heart and with all his soul in order to carry out the words of the covenant written in this book. He had all those present in Jerusalem and Benjamin agreed to it. So all the inhabitants of Jerusalem carried out the the covenant of God and, or I'm sorry, carried out the covenant of God, the God of their ancestors. So Josiah removed everything that was detestable from the hands of the, of from the lands belonging to, sorry, I'm sorry, my light kind of flickered and I lost my place there. So Josiah removed everything that was detestable from all the lands belonging to the Israelites, and he required all who were present in Israel to serve the Lord their God. Throughout his reign, they did not turn aside from following the Lord, the God of their ancestors. And now for Psalm 79. God, the nations have invaded your inheritance, desecrated your holy temple, and turned Jerusalem into ruins. They gave the corpses of your servants to the birds of the sky for food, the flesh of your faithful ones to the beasts of the earth. They poured out their blood like water all around Jerusalem, and there was no one to bury them. We've become an object of reproach to our neighbors, a source of mockery and ridicule to those around us. How long, Lord? Will you be angry forever? Will your jealousy keep burning like fire? Pour out your wrath on the nations that don't acknowledge you, on the kingdoms that don't call on your name, for they have devoured Jacob and devastated his homeland. Do not hold past iniquities against us. Let your compassion come to us quickly, for we have become very weak. God of our salvation, help us for the glory of your name. Rescue us and atone for our sins. For your name's sake, you, why should the nations ask, where is their God? Before our eyes, let vengeance for the shed blood of your servants be known among the nations. Let the groans of the prisoners reach you. According to your great power, preserve those condemned to die. Pay back sevenfold to our neighbors. They reproach the reproach they have hurled at you, Lord. Then we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, will thank you forever. We will declare your praise to generation after generation. That is it for today, friends. Come back tomorrow. We will completely wrap up the book of Second Chronicles. We will wrap up the Old Testament um, tomorrow. And that means Monday we jump into the New Testament. Aren't you excited? Get ready because the Gospels, those are awesome. And um, it's going to be a great ride for the next few months as we wrap up uh, God's Word. I'm excited to do it with you. Keep coming back. See ya.